0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Power Cat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Powercat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Powercat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald with something a little bit different this week as we bring in our colleague from the Arizona site, Wildcat Authority. It's going to get confusing. Jason Shear joins us on the podcast today, and we ask our users, as typical, for questions from Wabash Station, and they responded in great numbers. We've narrowed it down to a handful Two handfuls of questions to be accurate. But remember, folks, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Whenever you're coming to Manhattan, get into the fridge. Great selection of products, great service, and very knowledgeable staff. So get on into the fridge and get you some. Jason, I appreciate you joining us today. This will be kind of fun. And first of all, before we actually start on the actual questions, how crazy has this been, your first full Dive into conference realignment. I'm a veteran of this crap, and how consuming does it become for you?
2: yeah, it's pretty wild because normally July is like the quiet month It's a can, blessing in a way, yeah, you kind of relax and get ready for for fall camp and you get things set up and uh not this July. I mean it has been absolutely wild, and like you said, you said it perfectly, it consumes your life like you wonder. You know, when is another shoe going to drop? And every time I leave my house, I make sure I have my computer. And it's just, it is all the time you have to be on and kind of ready for something to happen.
1: It is nuts. It is absolutely nuts. In a way, it has been a blessing the last two summers to kind of fill time. And and people are heavily engaged in this because it's so important to all of our alma maters. Um, So let's dive in here. Uh, Yesterday, late yesterday, it came out. And this one's from me. As a question from all our station. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren now is saying his conference isn't done with this realignment stuff, and sources close to the Big Ten claim that four Pac-12 schools, and be Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal up there in the north, are indeed candidates. The question is, did Kevin Warren just sink the Pac-12 for good?
2: It sure feels like it. I mean, it, it was definitely a, a message to Pac-12 schools that if – if you want to join our conference uh, you better not sign anything and and you know I, i'm sure they kind of knew that in the background I'm, I'm sure that wasn't news to them but for kevin warren to say that publicly means it is it is very real and it, it was, i'm sure it was very calculated and so now you know as if you know uh, the pac-12 was looking for stability and and now they're somehow less than before because if you're a school that heard that and and Kevin Warren go public with that comments, you're, you're not signing anything right now. And if you're the Pac-12 Commission that's that's the last thing you needed because you're trying to save this conference. And, you know, it, it becomes each day that passes with all these reports of other schools being looked at and all that and unequal sharing and, And things like that, it becomes more difficult to see how the PAC-12 survives. And and Warren's comments definitely didn't help the situation.
1: Yeah, from as Joe, you you've previously reported that the ESPN offer to the PAC was about $24.5 million a school, if shared equally, which Oregon and Washington don't want to do. Is there any hope that once this 30-day window closes in early August, that someone will come in with a substantially better offer that might keep this conference together?
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think what what people got to remember is Fox isn't at the table. So the right. negotiating window includes ESPN and Fox. But Fox isn't at the table. They're, they're not bidding on the Pac-12. So ESPN is basically bidding against itself. So that number was, was never going to be high. It just doesn't make sense. And so they, they bid a low number, and then the, the window will probably close. I'd assume that ESPN doesn't care if it closes. And then other schools, other networks and such like that will get involved. And then ESPN will will reassess. I, I don't think that you're going to see a network give a major bid that's going to say, okay, this is all, you know, we're great. We're staying in the Pac-12. I think what we're going to see is is Pac-12 commish um, get creative, where a network will come in for the tier one, and then you'll see some unique things that they'll try with streaming and all that, because that's that's the commission's background. Mm-hmm. He's worked with Hulu and things like that. And that's the way that he'll try to get the Pac-12 schools to stay. I, I would be surprised if a tier one offer came in and it's basically, you know, 40 million and everybody's like, okay, we're good. That that would actually, I haven't heard, and, and the thing is, that offer's not coming until the Big Ten network stream, uh, you know, deal's done. It just doesn't make any sense for a school to to give resources, I'm sorry, for a network to give resources to the Pac-12 without knowing if it, you know, has a, a, a chunk of the Big Ten or who's getting the Big Ten or anything like that. So. Um, I would be surprised if there's someone, you know, in the next month that comes that is like, okay, here's your offer, and the Pac-12 jumps on it because it's so good.
1: Well, how connected are the two Arizona schools? Let's say if there is movement um, towards the Big 12, uh, are they tied at the hip, or can they act independently? What's your breakdown of that? And that's from our friend Wagcat.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've always thought that they were they were tied to the hip, and you know, it was similar, and now it's starting to feel similar to, to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, right. where everyone thought they were tied up the hip until they weren't. And from what I understand, Arizona believes that it can make the move without ASU, and that it's investigated and kind of looked at that the last few weeks, and it's something it believes it can do. Now, if that happens, I, I think what would eventually happen is ASU would just follow. I, I, I still think they're going to wind up in the same place, wherever that may be. Um, but it is something where... Uh, it it is more of a possibility now, based on what I've heard and the way Arizona has acted, than I thought it was probably a few weeks ago.
1: As a follow up to that, is the Pac twelve so fragile right now? One more defection takes it down, or does it take a a group of schools to to kind of just finally fracture it?
2: No, I think one. I think if one school leaves, it's over. Yeah, and and especially if, if it's like an Oregon or a Washington or even a Stanford, if one of those schools leave, it's done. There's just – there's no reason the, – the revenue took such a big hit with the Los Angeles schools leaving that, you know, there's no school out there that they can replace any of these schools with. Right. Like, you know, San Diego State sounds good on paper, Boise State, Fresno State. But at the end of the day, they're not bringing in as much money as the majority of the Pac-12. And, and because of that, um, you know, one school leaves, and, and, and I just – Uh, I think it's going to be a situation where if one school chooses to jump, you'll see a bunch of schools jump, and that's pretty much the end of the Pac-12.
1: Very interesting. This is from um, Westwood Cat. Interesting that you're going to be in L.A. here. Uh, How would you rank the Pac-12 schools that you and maybe the Arizona folks would like to see come along with them to the Big 12 if this happens? Uh,
2: You know, for me personally... Uh, I, I think Utah, you know, it's it, their fans are wild, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, we have. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, I, I think they're a school that, that ultimately, you know, Arizona fans would want to see because of the strength of the conference. I, I think it would help the strength of the Big 12, um, you, you know, Colorado, schools like that. I, I don't think Arizona fans really care, to, to be honest with you. Um, who else comes? I, I think it's just a situation where, uh, Arizona fans are kind of kind of looking out for themselves. Me personally, you know, I, I'm not in, enthralled with Oregon and Washington. Like, they're kind of enthralled with themselves. You know, I, 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 the mountain schools would be fine with me. If it was, you know, ASU, Colorado, and Utah, I, I think that would be fine overall. Oregon and Washington obviously would, would help the conference, but um, you just never know with, with those two schools and the way they're acting now with the Pac-12 looking to jump at at every opportunity and wanting more money and things like that. I, I think in terms of stability, the, you know, if you bring the corner schools, I, I think the big 12 would be fine with it.
1: Yeah. From the big 12 perspective, I think the, the fears about Oregon and Washington are there also. I, I think new commissioner Brett Yormark's try to work through some of that. There's been reports that he's talked to Phil Knight. We don't know if that's accurate or not, but, um, I don't see that as a real fit. I feel badly for Oregon State and Washington State because essentially they are what everyone predicted Kansas State and Iowa State might be a year ago. They're just going to be in, you know, probably left out in the Mountain West. Stanford is an interesting case. I mean, we've played Stanford recently as Kansas State and it's it's a great school, but it's got a strangely larger brand nationally than locally. It, it just didn't seem like Stanford football was important at all in Palo Alto when we were out there. And Cal, um, I think everyone in the Big 12 agrees they can just go go away. They, nobody has a stomach for Cal's nonsense, I think. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean,
2: Cal, if Cal could get rid of the athletics, they probably would. That's exactly <laughs> it.
1: It's crazy. It's, they're just yeah. not committed at all. And to a lesser extent, we kind of get that vibe from Colorado's new administration or Cortman administration that – the athletic part of the university experience just isn't a value to the administration. And that is worrisome because that's not big 12 culture. Big 12 culture is this is important.
2: Yeah. And and there's multiple schools in the PAC 12 that are like that. You know, Arizona has a very sports oriented president. Like he basically acts as like a co-athletic director. (laughs) And so he is very involved, but there's other schools in the PAC 12 where it's just athletics aren't important. And, and and what we're finding out now is what happens when athletics aren't important. When you know years ago the, the Pac-12 had a chance to expand and, and strengthen itself in athletics, and the the school presidents they didn't have the votes. They just said no, we're we're good the way we are. And it, there's an arrogance about it almost. And, and and what we're seeing now is kind of the results of that arrogance. That there there are schools in the conference that just don't view. And like you mentioned, you know Cal's probably the the biggest culprit, but. They don't view athletics as as being important, and because of that, in this day and age, it, it just doesn't work out when you kind of view athletics that way.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize until last night reading up on Cal what a massive debt load their athletic departments carrying that the California school system keeps having to help them with. It's just it's a mess, isn't it? The, the financials of some of these Pac-12 institutions, is including Arizona State, aren't the best, are they?
2: No, they're they're not good at, at all, and, and that's. One of the reasons why, you know, it's, it's going to come down to money uh, at the end of the day, all this realignment stuff. And I mean, it usually does, but it, it definitely is. But Cal's one of those schools where if you told me they're not going to have athletics in, in five years, uh, I wouldn't argue with you. I, I could absolutely see it happening. I, I would be surprised with other schools in the conference if they went that direction. But I think Cal's the one where I could easily just see them using this as an excuse to get rid of athletics. Hmm.
1: Very interesting. You touched on this a little bit ago. King Jim 77 Um, Utah fans aren't endearing themselves to the big 12 fans on social media, but is that indicative indicative of how uh, their real life fans are or the, the administration in in Utah feels, or is that just a, a little snapshot that is not fully accurate of Utah? And is it just passion that the Big Twelve wants, it's just right now directed back at the Big Twelve.
2: Yeah, I don't think their admin feels that way at all. I haven't gotten that vibe, but Utah fans are an interesting bunch. They don't <laughs> they don't uh they don't like me very much. Um, you know, they're they're very passionate uh, about their school. They absolutely belong or believe that they belong in in better than the Big Twelve, which would be the Big Ten, but um, you know, it, it, I think it's like most fan bases. There's there's an unrealistic kind of view with a group of fans, and then you have other fans that are are very realistic and understand kind of where they are in the pecking order. But um, those fans that that want more than the Big Twelve are are very really passionate and, and vocal on social media and message boards, and and they make sure you know about it.
1: Okay, next up is um, this one from Fullest Nelson. And this is an interesting question, because you brought up San Diego State not moving the needle for the PAC, but is there anyone out west besides PAC schools that the Big 12 should look at? I mean, in the case of San Diego State, it does bring them a completely different demographic or UNLV. I think the Vegas market is more important than the school itself, but is there anyone else that jumps out at you?
2: Yeah, I mean, if I was a Big 12, I'd go after San Diego State for the the pure reason that it would hurt the pac-12 because yeah. I, I think that if the pac-12 is looking to expand san diego state is at the top of the list uh you know it's it's absolutely the the school they're going to look at and the other two schools i've heard mentioned the most are are fresno and smu uh, i don't think that fresno and smu are are you know worth adding from a big 12 perspective but if i was uh, the big 12 i i would go after san diego state um, the academic thing you know they're they're on their way to becoming an, an r1 university Uh, And and it's a situation where, um, you know, the the Pac-12, if they're expanding, San Diego State's coming. And if the Big 12 moves and gets San Diego State before that, it just kills uh, anything left of the Pac-12. And it's a good market. It's not just a random school. I mean, they've done well in in football. Their basketball team is good. They're in a nice market. Uh, I think it would make a lot of sense for the Big 12 to go after San Diego State. Beyond that, I, I really don't think that, you know, there's other schools that that really come to mind. Boise State doesn't move the needle uh, in football enough, even though they're good at football financially. You know, again, it all it all comes down to the numbers. And when you look at it, San Diego State is is by far the strongest one.
1: Does their importance rise now with USC and UCLA kind of as of now abandoning the West Coast to become a pseudo Midwest conference school? I mean, it's very intriguing that San Diego State might actually be benefiting from this move.
2: Oh yeah. There's a, there's a very real possibility that, that I, I mean, power's not shifting, but San Diego state probably doesn't mind the move at all because they realize that eventually they're going to make their way into a bigger conference because of this. And when that happens, it's going to become easier for them because they're, you know, they're, they're going to be able to market themselves much better than they were before. And, and their school, where at the end of the day, their games are going to be in California. They'll be staying on the West coast with our way games. And, and they'll be able to market that as opposed to USC and UCLA. And, you know, they're not going to be beating those schools, you know, for recruits every day. But um, all of a sudden it becomes a, a more attractive destination than it is now.
1: That's it's really interesting stuff. Our friend k Ned asked this. You know, the numbers the Big 12 seems to be getting indicate their media rights deal will be uh, substantially higher than what the Pac-12 is looking at, even if the Pac-12 goes up. Are Pac-12 fans ready for that if it becomes fact uh, would that be just the the bottom line insult that the little big 12 is worth more
2: yeah that's going to be very interesting because um, as you've noticed there's been a, a bit of a PR campaign this week that yeah. the back 12 is, is more valuable than the big 12 but again we don't know that until we get the numbers and if um, you know, it, it really depends on who you believe right now and, and if those big 12 numbers when they come out are more than the Pac-12 numbers, it, it would be crushing to Pac-12 fans because there's a, a very large chunk of Pac-12 fans that don't want to admit that the Big 12 is probably the better conference right now. And and I get it. I mean, look, the, the Pac-12, it, it was built on tradition. It's been the same schools for quite a while. You know, the newer schools, you know, have been there for a while now. And it, it, it's, it's just something that a lot of us West Coast guys kind of grew up on. And, and so I get the tradition and wanting to, to stay in the conference because that's what they're comfortable with. But... If the Big 12 comes back with, with bigger numbers, I, I think it'll be kind of a, a hit of reality as saying, look, you know, times have changed. The the Pac-12, especially without USC and UCLA, um, isn't what we once knew it to be, and, and it's kind of a, a time for a new era.
1: Okay, Jason, let's take a little pause here on the PowerCat Questions podcast to hear from these sponsors.
0: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, and the GPC Studios. Joined this week by Jason Shear, the publisher of our 24-7 Sports Arizona site, Wildcat Authority. Remember, folks, whenever you come to Manhattan, make your way to the corner of Claflin and Westport, Get there because that's where the fridge is. And you need to stop in the fridge every time you have liquor or party needs. You can get everything you need right there at the fridge. Wonderful service, wonderful people, and an incredible selection. Go to the fridge and get you some. Now let's resume our questions from Wild Bass Station. Jason, I'm intrigued in reading some of the Pac-12 message boards last night. And, and let me tell you, that was an adventure. That the conference has done a, a complete turnaround on... Pac-12 after dark. They've come to realize that it is a valuable part of their rights deal, even though probably playing all those night games does kind of suck. Um, is that just something any Western school is going to have to embrace that that is something they bring to the table that literally no one else can Is are those late night kicks?
2: Yeah, and it, it's a weird situation because we it, there is value in television, and there's been articles saying that it could be what keeps the Pac-12 alive, but if you ask your average pac 12 fan, they absolutely hate it. It's, yeah. it's, you know, um, you know, from my, from a media perspective, I hate it because we, you know, Arizona's got three, at least three local kickoffs that have already been set for like eight, 8 30 PM, mm. which is just, which is just crazy. And it's something where, you know, at this point, you know, I'm used to fans are used to, but you know, it, it, it it's it hurts the product when, let's take Arizona basketball because this is Tucson's a basketball town and you turn on a game and it starts at, you know, tip off is 9 PM. And I know that there's already a few tip offs set for 9 PM on like the PAC 12 network. It's just, it's brutal, but we get the value because there's no other game on during that window. So it's going to bring in ratings and that could very well be what kind of saves the PAC 12 is that there's no other conference. And, you know, Kevin Warren said, they're going to be, putting USC and UCLA in more late windows, but he can only go so late. You know, the right. Pac-12 can clearly go later than than other conferences. And so it's a weird situation knowing that there's value, but your average Pac-12 fan doesn't like it at all. I mean, it's just, it's crazy watching a game until, you know, one in the morning if it goes late or a long football game. But yeah, I mean, there there is a recognition that even though we don't like it, there is value in it. It, it could be something that winds up getting the Pac-12 a little bit more money than than maybe people assume.
1: What's interesting to me is that is the exact same relationship Big 12 fans have with their 11 a.m. local noon Eastern kickoffs. Uh, The fans hate it. The players hate it. uh, Lincoln Riley hated it. um, A bunch of people hate it. But they bring good numbers, and they're a valuable slot to the network partners. So it's kind of the exact same thing. But the Big 12, if they bring in more Western schools, will be able to Offer inventory in every available time slot, and that's got to have some value, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and and I think Pac-12 fans, at least the ones that that are realistic about the Big 12, understand that you know game times probably aren't going to change. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably change for basketball more than football, but you know, with football, that's that's the value. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you're adding those teams, is so when you go to market, you can say, look, we could fill this late time slot that no one else can. And, and I'm sure the Big 12 is thinking the same thing where, you know, there's some fans that think, oh, we'll go to the Big 12 and we'll play earlier games. And that may be the case somewhat. But at the end of the day, these teams are still going to find themselves in the late window, and, and rightfully so, because there's there's just no competition. And that's something that, you know, these networks need late-night programming. And at the end of the day, the, the Pac-12 conference is the one that provides it.
1: Exhausted Austin kind of follows that up with, what are the local kickoff times that Arizona fans would probably prefer.
2: Uh I I would say that, you know, probably earlier. <laughs> like it's it's I mean they're just so late on on Saturdays. It it's just it's a lot. Uh you know, for you get an 8:30 kickoff, uh you know, it, but at the same time, generally speaking, they've had more fans for the later ones than they've had earlier ones. You know, we we've had one o'clock kickoffs here and, and the thing is the heat so yeah. it'll never for the first two months of the season we'll never get a day kickoff it, it, it just doesn't happen they're at night for a reason and the, the biggest reason is the weather i mean they're not playing football in, in 110 degree weather and so uh you know the late kickoffs are going to stay for the first few months and i think people are okay with that but in november you know it's it's popular when they get a, a day game on homecoming that's usually the the lone you know day game of the season if that happens and um, it, it's something where I think, you know, a, a 7 p.m. game would, would be fine with most Pac-12 fans. It's the ones that kick off at 8 or 8.30 that become pretty pretty hard for Arizona fans to deal with.
1: Hey, here's a follow-up, and um, my apologies to the user who posted this question, but it, it goes right into this one. Um, this is about football, and Kansas fans have problems grasping that, that really these media rights are primarily about football, although Arizona is really thriving in basketball. How important is it for that institution to join a basketball conference like the big 12?
2: Yeah, it's really important, especially to the fan base. You know, like you said, football brings in the money, but if you asked, you know, this town, what, what they want, the answer would go to basketball because now that you have, USC and UCLA leaving, um, you know, and let's, let's assume San Diego state isn't in the conference. It's Arizona, Oregon, and everyone else in basketball which is cool to think that Arizona could basically win a conference title almost every year. But then you start thinking about the big 12 and you have Kansas, Baylor, Houston, you know, it it goes on. And all of a sudden um, it probably is the best basketball conference in the nation already, but it definitely is with Arizona. And that's something that Arizona fans would absolutely love because it is a very passionate basketball town. And, and that's something that, uh, I believe that the the administration is taking a long look at, at Arizona as well, knowing that look, hey, you know, basketball our football's kinda be kinda gonna be what it is no matter what conference we're in. You know, we're not we're never gonna win the Big Twelve in football, we're not gonna win the Pac twelve in football. Hopefully we make a bowl type of situation. But basketball, um, you know, you're talking about the best conference in America. And financially that's gonna help tremendously. You know, again, it it the money football always brings in the most money, but um, in terms of, of basketball's importance in this town, it is it is very high.
1: This might be the most important question I've ever asked in my career. Um, Bill Walton, keep him or get rid of him? If you come to the Big Twelve,
2: <laughs> you know that's that is the big mm-hmm. question. He he is as polarizing as nighttime kickoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you either love him or you hate him. There there is no in between. And it's funny that he hasn't commented because a lot of the comments were like, "What happens to Bill Walton now?" And uh, I I think he's good once in a while. I I like him for entertainment, but it would be it's going to be really interesting what happens if he even chooses to do it because he is a Pac-12 guy all the
1: way. He's kind of like tequila. He's fun once in a while, but you do it too often, you just can't hold up. It it just it just doesn't work out for anyone. Uh, Case of cat wants to know this, and well, hold on. Before I get to this, let me ask this: How badly did the Pac-12 screw up by not rating the Big Twelve a year ago?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not here it, yeah. if they did what they Agreed. what they should have done. It, it, is, it is not a conversation. I don't think the L.A. schools leave. Uh, the Pac-12 arrogance killed it. It, it really did. If, if the Pac-12 dies, if it goes away, it's going to come down to the arrogance of the school's presidents, not even basically holding a vote to expand, not believing that they should expand no matter what the commission thought. You know, they didn't have the votes to do it. And and we're all going to look at that point as, as when everything turned for the conference and, and the fact that, you know, the Pac-12 thought it was better than it really was. And, and that's why we're kind of here, because I don't think we'd be here if they chose to expand.
1: That's yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the Big 12 was on the rocks, and they just passed. It, it's very interesting to me. But it also underlines that you can get surprised in this process. And what if Kevin Warren walks back those comments and says, look, we're not— we're going to expand eventually, but not any time within this next rights deal. Can the Pac-12 survive this in some form? And who would they would they look to expand? And would they want to go to 12 or 16? Or you know, what would be the process here?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough because if you're Oregon or Washington, let's say Kevin Warren even says that you're still not signing a deal because yeah. who knows what's going on, right? And if you do sign a, a deal. Which I think is possible. I still think it's on the table, but it would be a short deal. It would be like a three to five year deal, and so you're you're doing this all over again. There's no way that they're signing an ACC type of deal or a ten year deal or whatever it might be. It's it's not happening. And you know, if you're the Pac-12, yeah, I think expansion is is on the table. The the issue is the way the Pac-12 views other schools. It, it's not going to be like a four six team expansion. It's going to be two. It's going to be San Diego State and then they're going to decide between, you know, Fresno State, UNLV, and SMU. And, and you know, again, I don't think any of those move the needle, but right now there's there's strength in numbers. I think you can make the case that San Diego State is attractive and makes, you know, it is worth adding. But beyond that, I'm not sure the the case you can make. But, you know, the, the Pac-12 can survive this. It, it's probably unlikely. But, again, it, it it just it comes down to the numbers. Let's say ESPN or CBS says we really want that that late night slot, and maybe we, we pay a little more than the value really is to get it. That would be the way that the Pac-12 survives. I, I think the Pac-12 schools are probably looking for a reason to stick together. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to get it.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. I uh, I feel badly for the Pac-12 because, I mean, the Big 12 has been through this. Is the ACC up next?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. The thing is, that it's going to take one school to do it right. because – the, the payout to do it is just it's, – it's unreal. But if a school like, you know, North Carolina, the Big Ten comes calling and the, the money's worth it and they do it, all of a sudden what you're going to see is other schools considering it as well. Um, I don't think the ACC is imminent, but you would have to think with the amount of attractive schools they have to the Big Ten that, that that's something that's eventually going to happen down the road. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if they make it to, you know, the end of their – their contract in 2036 and the ACC stands as it is now.
1: Yeah, I, I just think eventually the ACC is going to get a three-front attack. I mean, once someone goes, the Big Ten's taken four, the SEC's going to take four, and then the Big 12 comes in and, and takes four or five, and, and then it's over. I mean, they, they just vote their conference out of existence, and nobody pays a dime. So it's going to be fascinating to watch this process. I, this is horrible for college fans, isn't it? The, overall, this is unless you're Alabama or Ohio State, this is horrible.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it, it really is. It's going to be the – we're headed towards the the super conferences where basically there's going to be a large chunk of schools that that don't matter. And they matter to the fan base, but they don't matter to the overall picture because it's going to be, you know, the Alabamas of the world. And it kind of is already, but it is really going to be emphasized where, you know, like Arizona – is going to be relegated to, you know, hopefully you make a bowl and, and that's that. And we don't even know what the bowl systems kind yeah. of look like at all. And it's going to be kind of, a it, you know, the, the, the big conference with the power schools and then everyone else and the power schools are going to get all the attention and the other ones are going to be fighting for it. And and that's absolutely where we're headed towards the, the two super conferences, because one, one conference will expand and then the other one will have to answer. And then the another one will have to answer. And it's just kind of where everything's headed now. And. Um, it doesn't feel like the college football that that we all once knew and loved, and you know I still like the sport and all that, but change is hard, and then I don't I just I don't like the direction that that everything's headed yeah. overall with with college football. It just it it feels like it's becoming more professional by the day.
1: That was the most jolting thing to come out of the reports about the Big Ten still looking at Pac-12 schools was that Kevin Warren is considering a. Big 10, big 12 Rose bowl. That just jarred me. That would be so odd. But if the Pac-12 doesn't exist, of course, it's got to be something.
2: Yeah. It's so weird because like, like I mentioned before, like I grew up on the Rose bowl, like we used to wake up and watch the Rose parade and all that. And you knew exactly what, you know, conferences were playing and it's, it's going to feel weird. But like Kevin Warren said, I mean, he's willing to sign a hundred year contract because it, it comes down to, to the money and, and, you know, for him, he doesn't care. I mean they'll they'll have a, a spot in the Rose Bowl and, and as far as he wants, you know, it, it he wants it to survive. And if there's no Pac twelve or the Pac twelve isn't strong enough, it makes sense. It's just gonna be super strange to watch play.
1: Well, and particularly if they expand the playoff because it won't be conference champions or runners up probably. It'll be entirely different schools and that just that's just kinda sad. I don't feel much for bowl games. The Rose Bowl's different. It has maintained its dignity through this process.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the Rose bowl is awesome. And, and like you said, it's, it's, it's dignified. It's, you know, it's, it's just different the, you know, the, the random bowls, whatever doesn't yeah. bother me. They can do whatever they want with that, but there are certain games where you kind of look at as the tradition of college football and, and the Rose bowl is one of them.
1: Yep. Let's wrap this up with, with this. Um, what do you see as the timeline for the PAC 12s future to be better defined? This is from a and on our site and, what, I, what I'm intrigued by here, Jason, is the fact that um, the Big 12 commissioner doesn't officially start August 1st. As you mentioned, the the negotiating window for ESPN closes, what, August 4th? Um, and But there also seems to be this building pressure, like something's got to happen this week. But do you think this is going to continue to build as we go forward, as we get into August before decisions are finally made?
2: Yeah, I don't get the vibe that anything is imminent. I, I think the pressure is more within the media and the fan base. I think the presidents and the athletic directors are gonna take their time with this. The uh, the window's gonna end. I'd be really surprised, really surprised if anything happens before then. And then you're gonna see uh, the Pac twelve Commission buy himself more time by, you know, saying, Look, give me a few months to, to see other options. Let me talk to streaming partners, Apple, Amazon and CBS and and all that and Um, Again, like the presidents and ADs are probably looking for a reason to stay together. Uh, It's just a matter of whether or not they they get that reason. And they'll probably give the pac 12 some time. Um, I I don't think anything is imminent. I I could be wrong. You know, it it is very possible, but this is in a situation I think will play out in the next week. I I think it could absolutely, you know, last until the end of football season um, going into, into the winter. It, It wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened, but, Um, You know, there's just so much pressure and it's only going to grow. But, you know, when college football season starts, we're probably going to be focusing on that instead of, you know, the realignment talk behind the scenes. So I I think that the next month is a big one. And if we kind of get through the next month uh, without anything happening, I I think it'll be a while.
1: Yeah. It's going to be very intriguing to see how this all plays out. But um, is the the PAC-12 commissioner in – is this a hard decision? How long to try to slow play this or, you know, before someone panics or can he keep it all together long enough to let this play out?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see how he handles all this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what he says on Friday, like yeah. how aggressive he comes out. Is he going to be on the defensive or is he going to be on the offensive? You know, I, I think he has to come out aggressive and be on the offensive, but there's only so much he can say and do. And, you know, it's a situation where he has to convince schools to be patient. And then the big 12 is probably working to convince schools to come on board. And there has to be a reason for pac 12 schools to be patient. There has to be some positive numbers to show them and say, look, I can grow on this. Just give me some time. If, if they come back and ESPN, is he giving them anything? And the initial reports from, from other entities aren't great. uh, It's going to be really difficult to keep this conference together and and tell them to be patient.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, wish I was going to the Pac-12 media days, just to observe what a what kind of atmosphere there is, if there's tension just in the air or, you know, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated what you're going to encounter when you go to L.A. for the media days.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many storylines. Again, you know, is the commission going to be on the offensive or the defensive? How are the L.A. schools going to handle it? Um, the people around, you know, it, it's, it's probably going to be one of the more aggressive media days in terms of everybody trying to find out what's next to the
1: conference. Jason, I appreciate it so much. I know you're incredibly busy. You've got a ton of media requests. So I appreciate you giving this block of time for big 12 and, and our go power cat subscribers. We keep posting your stuff. We will keep doing it. You're doing a great job covering this whole situation and, and really kind of lifting yourself above the fray and seeing realistically what's going on between these two conferences.
2: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, and who knows, maybe Kansas State and, and Arizona will be playing here in a few years as conference uh, opponents.
1: That is Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority, our Arizona side here on the 24-7 Sports Network. We appreciate you listening to this edition of the Powercat Questions Podcast. We will, we will be back next week in our usual format with more questions from Wildcat Station. Take care, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.